today we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph. We're going to start digging into that as we continue on our journey uh, to complete forgiveness, as we've been talking about that the past few weeks. Today we're going to do a little bit of an overview of the life of Joseph. His account, the story of his life, is recorded in Genesis chapters 37 through 50. And what we're going to find in the life of Joseph today is uh, before we dig into the truly practical kind of step-by-step examples that we see in Joseph's life of him forgiving his brothers for what they've done to him, we're going to take a look at a little bit more of a zoomed-in picture of just what exactly happened in Joseph's life that got him to the place where uh, we're going to be pulling from this, the need for forgiveness, so to speak. One of the things that I think it's safe for all of us to say is that as we go through our journey, that there are times that in this process of us uh, growing and maturing in our relationship with God, there are moments where delays hit. You know, the the delays that I'm talking about here are kind of like the delays in the timeline that we know that something's coming. We know that God has called us to do something. We may even be fully aware of the gift that God has placed on our lives and the anointing that we're flowing in. But the timeline begins to not match up so much as, as we're kind of going headlong into this journey and we've got some direction, we've got some uh, real clarity on what God wants us to do, and then delays begin to hit. And if you've ever been through a construction zone, you understand that there's a process that takes place and you'll see the signs that says delays possible, especially if you've ever traveled the 64 corridor between exits 1 and say like 11 uh, on 64 as you cross into West Virginia, y'all, I'm about to be 45 years old, and I don't remember one time in my life in those 45 years to where a certain section of that highway has not been under construction and in process. But I want to make this statement to you today, and if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, this is going to be 100% true for you. And yes, if you're going to ask the question as you're hearing this or as you're watching this, is he talking about me? Yes. I'm talking about you. And that statement is this, God has a plan for your life. Now, that might be the most churchy thing that I'll say in this message today, but it's also the most true thing that I might say in this message today, that God has a plan for your life. Now, the timeline, again, this is where we struggle. Because we have a timeline in mind in our heads. Like this is this is what things are supposed to look like. Boom, 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 things land. And then I'm walking in the fulfillment, in the full manifestation of God's plan for my life. But rarely, rarely ever does his timeline match up with my timeline. And there's things that happen along the way in this journey of maturation and growing into Christ-likeness in our lives. We experience delay after delay after delay and after delay. And the problem with that becomes most of the time, these delays are caused by something or someone else. At least 
maybe in our justification of why we're in a, a point of delay in this process, that we can look and say, well, it's because they did this to me or it's because that situation happened to me that that's why I'm in this place. And then that opens a door for um, <laughs> our not-so-good friends, unforgiveness and bitterness to come walking in because that's the chief, um, that's the chief weapon that the enemy uses against us in, in, in our walk with God. And I think that that's at least, I know that's true for me, most likely true for you, that one of the most frequent and one of the most widely used weapons against us by our enemy is that in my life is the temptation to embrace unforgiveness and harbor bitterness in my heart. Because, again, this timeline is happening. And then all of a sudden we see a delay or the process is delayed for a little bit. And what we think is we're either regressing or the hold button has been pushed. We have this problem because then we begin to want to point to others, other people, other things, other events, other circumstances outside of us and go, this is the reason that I'm experiencing this right now. All of this is why I'm in this time of delay in my life. And that, again, is when that unforgiveness, that bitterness, we can, that begins to take root in our hearts if we're not careful with the way that we're perceiving it. So here's kind of what I want us to keep in focus as we move forward with this. Again, I told you last week that Genesis 45 through 50, we're going to learn a lot from Joseph's life in this as to how to forgive others, how to completely forgive those who have hurt us, those who have wronged us, and those who have caused us uh, pain, suffering, or trauma. But the whole story of Joseph's life takes place, like I said, chapters 37 through 50. And while we're going to learn a lot from 45 through 50, there was a lot that took place between chapters 37 and in chapters 44. And that's kind of where I want to zoom in a little bit today. Before we get into this practical stuff, there's a lot of things that take place in Joseph's life that can cause and did cause him a lot of hurt, a lot of betrayal, and a lot of trauma. And I think that sometimes as we, as we look at this life of Joseph, Again, us pointing to these people, these things, these circumstances and situations that cause this delay or cause this process to maybe be uh, drawn out a little bit too far in what, in, in our opinion, in our lives, we're going to have this opportunity to where we have to continually look at what Joseph's end result was. Because in the process of, let's, let's look at a few delays here if we can, because we see scriptures like the book of Psalms. You know, we read the book of Psalms, and maybe, maybe one of the Psalms is paraphrased by saying something like this. We start, we start by saying, God, my enemies are encamped all around me. My foes are more numerous and more powerful than I, and they, they never take a break. They're day and night coming against me, and God, why are you allowing them to overthrow me? And then in the very next breath, we see it also recorded from this same person about this same situation of, God, you are victorious. You are the almighty king that, that, that dismantles my foes, that throws them away as far as the east is to the west. Great and glorious is the God of victory in my life. And we read this and we're like, why does that not happen in our lives? 
Well, see, we have a problem with compartmentalizing things and really having a good perspective on how the events of Scripture really take place because most of the times in these Psalms, they're written from a looking back perspective. It's almost like a testimony that the that the author the authors the psalmstress they're 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 writing these things as a historical record of like this is what was going on in that moment and then I recall going through all of this and this is how God showed up it wasn't like they weren't writing it in the moment and then all of a sudden everything just changed they're looking back and giving a record of it you see there's all kinds of delays that we see in scripture if we look back into the Old Testament, Abram was promised this great plan that God had for his life as, a, as he was going to have a son, he was going to be a father of nations. And I mean, my goodness, we sing Father Abraham, you know, had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. You're welcome for that earworm. But anyhow, it was 25 years, 25 years from the moment that God made the promise when Isaac was born. That's, that's, that's a delay, right? That's a process right there. Moses, 40 years in the backside of a wilderness, all alone, tending to his father-in-law's uh, flocks. That's a delay. King David was anointed to be the next king of Israel, but he didn't set upon the throne of Israel for almost another 20 years. The Israelite nation experienced the exodus out of Egypt 40 years in the wilderness. You see, we look back at those psalms and we go, man, verse 7 ends with his enemies encamped around him. And verse 8 says, great and glorious is the victorious Lord who demolished all of my foes. You see, I don't know about you, but there have been a lot of times in my life I'm waiting on verse 8. Like, verse 7, I've been here for a while. Verse 6, I'm still in the throes of this thing. When is my verse 8 coming? Understand that it is coming. Now, Joseph, let me, let me get back. I don't even know if I was in the weeds, but if I was, let me get out of the weeds and let me get back to Joseph here. So, Joseph, we, we talked a little bit last week that Joseph was kind of a brat, right? He was, he was kind of a punk. He was his dad's favorite. Uh, he rubbed it in the face. And, and listen, his gifting was prophetic dreams. All right, God had called him in the prophetic dreams, the interpretation of dreams. It was very much a gift and an anointing of God. See, God's gifting in Joseph's life was perfect. His gift, his anointing, there was nothing wrong with that. But there was a lot wrong with Joseph. And guess what? The gift that God has placed on your life, the anointing, and that area, that plan that God has for you, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. That is perfect. But there may be a lot wrong with you. And what God does in these moments of when there was a nothing wrong with Joseph's gift, but there was a lot wrong with Joseph, he had to have a delay in this process so that he could mature to where he could flow in his giftings and his anointing and his calling and this plan that God had for his life, he had to go through the process. Same thing with us, all right? Same thing with us. God's gifts in our lives are perfect. They're, uh, the giftings and callings of God are irrevocable, right? They're perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. But sometimes there is a whole lot wrong with us, and we have to go through this process. Now, Joseph... 
from the moment that his brothers threw him into that cistern, put him into that pit, sold him to the Ishmaelites, from that point to the time when he is standing in front of his brothers and issuing forgiveness to them was 22 years. 22 years. And that's, to me, that is not a quick process. That is a significant delay in which forgiveness or unforgiveness and bitterness and all of that would have taken root in Joseph's heart. And I think that you and I experience this same thing that there are things that hurt us. There are people who hurt us. There are situations and circumstances that really, that, that scar us. And if we were to be confronted with that right away to expect to walk in our gifting and our calling, we wouldn't be ready to walk in complete and total forgiveness. And I think the same thing is true with Joseph because I know that I've found myself, like Job, in Job chapter 3, we see that Job's talking to God just going, I can't be quiet. My, my enemies are around me. I am in despair. There is nothing happening right here. J or, uh, David, in Psalm 143, he said, God, do not turn your face from me here me, oh Lord, please, because my enemies are surrounding me. You see, we get into that same spot also, but I want us to look because Genesis 50 verse 20 is what we have to keep in focus. And that is when Joseph makes the declarations to his brothers that although you meant it as evil against me, God meant it for good. So regardless if you're the chapter 37 Joseph that's not even walked into a hurt yet, or if you're in the middle of it, or if you are the Genesis chapter 50 version of Joseph, regardless of whether you're pre, mid, or post-offense right now, that Genesis 50-20 is what we have to keep in front of us. That's what has to be in focus in our lives, that although everyone may mean it evil against us. God meant it for good. It's that Romans 8, 28 thing, right? That, you know, all things work together for the good, the, for those who love God and those that are the called of his purpose. But that's what has to stay in focus in our lives because it's so easy in the midst of hurt, in the midst of pain, and in the midst of trauma that we let that kind of blur in our vision of not being able to see God's hand in it. So let's let's look at three things really quickly from the life of Joseph that we see kind of this roller coaster life of Joseph. And, and please read chapters 37 through 50. As we go along, just continue to read and reread and reread. Genesis 37 through 50 show us some things that Joseph went through that we can look at in his situation in this process. In this processing delays possible kind of thing, there's a lot of delays in Joseph's life, and we can learn some things from it. The first one is when pain comes out of nowhere. Pain coming out of nowhere. You didn't expect it. You didn't see it coming. It might have even come from the least likely of sources that you would have ever imagined, but pain coming out of nowhere. Joseph experienced it when his brothers threw him into the pit, and sold him into slavery. He didn't see that coming. Now, I don't know, there's maybe been a handful of times in my life, and I really don't know how it, how the pain is different if you know it's coming or if it comes out of nowhere. If you've had a little bit of time to process what's getting ready to happen or if it just happens. But to me, 
There's been very few times that God has said, okay, Ben, this is Sunday. Now, Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., someone's going to hurt you. They're going to cut you deeply. It is going to cause you a great amount of pain. And then be ready because then on Thursday again, let's say about 7 p.m., it's going to happen again, but it's going to be a different source and a different type of hurt, betrayal, and pain. Like I said, I don't know. I can't really remember that many times where I've been aware that this type of offense is coming. And I don't know really the difference between the two, whether it blindsides me or I know it's coming. But all I know is what we most of the time experience in our lives is pain that comes out of nowhere. You know, that that type of pain of when maybe your dreams for your life just shatter and fall to the ground around you. Everything that you've always dreamed of, everything that your heart's always wanted, every hope that you've ever had for your life is being dashed in a moment and you don't see it coming. Maybe that pain, maybe those dreams, maybe that hope is being completely obliterated by the fact of your spouse just admitted to an affair or you just found out about this this, this relationship that's going wrong in your life. Maybe it's something from your kid's standpoint. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's something that they've done. Maybe it's a betrayal from a friend who's been a lifelong friend. Maybe it's something that's going on at your job. Maybe something that you were in line for, a promotion, you didn't get it, and it's absolutely set you back completely and totally. Maybe maybe it's the pastor of a church. Maybe they've hurt you. Maybe it's a leadership of a church. Maybe it's people within the church who you've had on a pedestal for your whole life. All of a sudden, they say something, they do something that serves as a source of betrayal in your life, and all of a sudden, pain hits you out of nowhere, and now your process is being delayed. Because with all of these situations comes the at least the opportunity for unforgiveness and bitterness to set up shop in your life and take up residence in your heart. So I believe we see this completely and totally in Joseph's life, this pain that comes from nowhere. Now we can sit and we can talk about, did Joseph deserve it? Did he have it coming? We could have that conversation sometime separately. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But you know what? I don't think Joseph saw this pain and this trauma and this type of betrayal coming. The second thing I think that we see in Joseph's life that we can definitely identify with is when we feel like we're punished for doing the right thing. When, we, when everything seems like, feels like, smells like, sounds like that, we are being punished for doing the right thing. We see this with Joseph, with Potiphar's wife, because she's wanting to lie with him. She, scripture says that day after day after day that she is wanting to, to bring him in. She is wanting to lay with him. He, she is wanting to have sex with Joseph. And Joseph keeps going, no, 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 no. And his reason for saying no was because that it would be wrong in the eyes of God. Now, most of the time, most of the time, in my ministry experience, the reason that most people don't say yes to an extramarital affair is because they are afraid of getting caught. That's just kind of the number one motivation most of the time in my experience of, of, of being a pastor, being in ministry. It's like most of the people, um, they know it's wrong on the side of God, but that's not the main motivating factor. 
uh, and not doing it, it's most of the time it's because they're afraid of getting caught. But we see with Joseph here, him being upright, him doing what God wants him to do and, and making the right call and saying no. And you know, she becomes spiteful. She becomes angry with him. And at one point, she gets his hands on his cloak. And whether it's a piece of it that's torn off or the whole thing, we can have that discussion at a later time, too. I really don't think it matters. But she falsely accuses him of raping her. And he winds up in prison. He winds up being punished for doing the right thing. Have you ever maybe felt like that before in your life? Maybe it's not to this type of extreme, but you're you're doing everything you should be doing. You're being a good person. You're trying to be kind to everybody. You've not slapped anybody, right? Okay, maybe I've not slapped anybody in a while, but I've not done that. I've really wanted to, but I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to live a good life. I'm trying to do the right thing, but it seems like the more that I do the right things, the more that I'm punished for it. And we can begin to look at these people that are causing this pain. If we're being punished for doing the right thing, then we can look at other people for putting us in this position. We can look at other situations and circumstances in our lives. We can look at all of these things surrounding us saying, you're the reason that this is happening, or this situation is the reason that this is happening. And then again, we're just opening our hearts even wider to this temptation of unforgiveness and bitterness. You see, I think that Joseph, if anybody in this situation, if we're using our human logic, would have made sense to go, okay, I'll have the affair. I mean, what else can I lose? I'm, I'm already a slave in a foreign land. I'm already captive. I'm being held against my will. This is not my home. I've been betrayed by my brothers. Why not? Why not? You know, and, and then we see this kind of picking up this one sin, and then we kind of, okay, I've got it in my hand, but kind of feel bad about it, but I really don't know if I want to put it down yet or not. Oh, look, another one. Well, I've already sinned once, might as well do this. Oh, look, another one. I've already sinned twice, might as well pick it. And then we just continue to pick these things up. And most of the time, these things that are happening, especially if we're doing the right thing, we begin to harbor these things in our heart, and we begin to keep record of all of these wrongs against us, and we start thinking, okay, you know, we've got our hands full, kind of like that trip into the house after the grocery store, right? You know, it's like because it's like an Olympic, unofficial, unofficial Olympic sporting event, you know, that uh, no matter how numb your fingers go, you got to get every one of these Walmart bags into the house in one trip, right? I mean, because it's a sign of weakness if you don't. But you've got so much of this stuff that you've held in your hands and that you've picked up and you've got so much hurt, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness that when God does try to move in your life and you need to pick something up for him, your hands are so full with all of this stuff that you don't have any room for him in your life. And you see, that's the danger of the trap that the enemy will, will convince us of if we're doing the right thing, but we seemingly are getting punished for it. And then the last thing that we see is the providence of God in Joseph's life. We see this because God, throughout all of this, through being put into a pit, sold into slavery, elevated in Potiphar's house, falsely accused, placed into a prison, 
several years in there, now in, through the interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams, he now finds him second in command in all of Egypt. So we got a little bit of a roller coaster here. And through all of this, we see the hand of God and the providential will of God taking place in Joseph's life. You see, these are the delays that he dealt with. This is the process that he went through. This is the under construction moments in Joseph's life because I'll never believe with anything in me that had they his brothers showed up at Potiphar's house that Joseph would have been in the place that he could have completely forgiven them. You see, again, Joseph's gifts had never changed because what got him elevated into the Egyptian hierarchy is that he was able to interpret dreams. God's gifts were perfect in Joseph's life, but Joseph was far from perfect, and it took this process to get him to the place where he was in the palace and that the promises of God started coming true in his life. Now, Joseph, the providence of God and the plan of God in his life was that he saved nations through Joseph. Now, I don't know if any of us are ever going to save nations. We might. We might. But chances are we're not going to, right? I mean, I, but I can promise you that God has a plan for your life. And his providence is what's taking you through all of this delay, all of these processes that you're going through right now. And it is God's providence that will land you exactly where he wants you through the process, through the delays, through the frustrations, through the hurts, through all of these things. It is God's providence. So are you currently, are you currently reeling from pain that's come out of nowhere, a hurt that you didn't see coming. You don't understand why it happened. You don't understand why it's happening. And you may never understand why it happened. Stay focused on Genesis 50, 20. God meant it for good, even though that it was intended for evil against you. Keep in focus that God means it for good. It's for your good and for his glory. Do you feel like you've been punished over and over and over again for doing the right thing? Keep doing the right things. My brothers, my sister, do the right thing by God because I promise you that Genesis 50, 20 is coming. That but God moment is coming. Now, I can't say when, I can't promise you how, but I can promise you that although your enemies mean it as evil against you, but God meant it for good. And then finally, the providence of God. Understand that God is for you. He's not against you. He's working things that you may never see. He's moving pieces that even while you're in a dark, deep dungeon in a pit, maybe in a prison cell, God is working his hand in your life for your good for his glory, don't despise the delay. Don't despise the process. Keep your focus on God. Don't allow unforgiveness and bitterness to take root in your heart. Now, next week, we're going to be looking deeper into the life of Joseph, and we're going to start pulling out some really practical, be excited about that, and some extremely challenging things. Try to be excited about that. 
But in the meantime, we're going to be releasing two more videos this week on what forgiveness is not. We released two last week. Uh, these are some of the videos that we're doing of things that we're not necessarily going to have time to be able to put into Sunday morning messages, but are critically important for our understanding of walking in complete forgiveness. Go check those out. We'll be praying for you this week. If you need to talk, if you need to ask questions, reach out to us. We'd be glad to talk with you. We'll see you next week.